colder, summer getting warmer. Tidal we've come across the Mexican border. Wide back gallon is cheaper by the barrel. Just don't get busted singing Christmas carols. That's us, that's right. Gotta love this American ride. Gets her rocks off, watching Desperate Housewife. Daddy works his can off, paying for the good life. Kids on the YouTube learning how to be cool. Living in a cruel world pays to be a mean girl. That's us, that's right. Gotta love this American ride. Sing a note. Plasma getting bigger, Jesus getting smaller. Spill a cup of coffee, make a million dollars. Customs caught a thug with an aerosol can. If the shoe don't fit, it's gonna hit the shame. That's us, that's right. Gotta love this American ride. Welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with my friend Morris Sachs. How you doing, MB? I'm doing great, pal. How about you? How about you? Um, absolutely wonderful. I uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday here. Um, that's all that anyone cares about in America. I spent the week in the mountains of Maine and uh, nice. isolated. No Wi-Fi. No service. Just it gets me. cold up there. It was, dude, it was 32. It was a warm 32. Uh, my wife doesn't believe that there's such a thing as a warm 32, but you can see my face. I am sunburned, okay? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, um, being, Out on the lake. We were out on the lake um, all day. I'll, I'll, I'll invite her to come with us to Regina, Canada, and see what a cold 32 feels like. <laughs> That's dude, it's a thing. It's a real thing. It there's there's a there's a vast difference between an overcast slight breeze 32 in Regina and a sunny 32 out in the middle of the lake in Jackman, Maine. Um yeah. but funny you mentioned Canada, dude, because I went to the border. So you know there's been a there's been quite a, a bit of discussion amongst um amongst the media and politicians and, and, and most Americans about border security. Right. Dude, Canada does not mess around. Oh, really? Pray do tell. Oh, okay. Well, 
I, I thought I go up to the to the North Woods of Maine and me me and the kiddo, we have our morning routine. We have a nice big hearty breakfast. We go out, we sled around lunchtime. You know, what do you want to do? I said, All right, well, we're 13 miles from the border. I said, let's go up to Canada. Okay. Get in the car, up to Canada, get to the border. It's like a big toll booth with an office building. All right, no big deal. I got both my passports because I told my wife, I said, Hey, we're gonna be up there. Maybe we'll just go to Canada. Unbeknownst to me, just going to Canada is not a great answer at the border for the woman working <laughs> Intel. Your papers, please. <laughs> exactly. No, bonjour. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, howdy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And she's like, so what brings you here? Uh, I was like, ah, me and my daughter, we're just going to go look around. I just, we just came up to see Canada. And she's like, no, seriously. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> she's like, where's your wife? I was like, she's at home with our my the baby. She goes, why isn't she with it? I said, she hates the cold. And she she laughed. She broke character and laughed like you did. And then yeah. went back to mean like prison guard face. Oh, really? And dude, yeah, because again, I, it's just me and my daughter. We don't have any real destination. We have a rental car with Jersey plates. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, yeah. nothing adds up. Yeah. She's like, She's like, let me get this straight. <laughs> you're just, yeah. gonna come, you're gonna come and like, you're gonna look at the trees, maybe look for a moose, and then you're gonna go back. And I'm like, yeah. I was like, you see the GoPro camera and the kid like nodding eagerly. I'm like, this, that's like my legit plan. She's yeah. like, she's like, no. She's like, pull the car over there. <laughs> no, denied. I am not kidding. Yes. Oh fuck. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. It's a hard time, dude. Like 45 minutes and they asking me questions. I'm like, like the two women to their defense. Like, dude, I guess it doesn't look good. It's dad and daughter hitting the border in a rental car with, with no destiny. Well, in all fairness, every red flag has has gone up, right? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Unbeknownst to me, uh <laughs> they called my yeah. wife. They called Amy. And they were like, we're here with your husband and your daughter. Is 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 this this check out? They said they asked her like nine minutes worth of questions to make oh, sure. Bad. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, eldest daughter lives up in Canada. I know. And being um part of the one percent white privilege, you know, we have access to a private jet. So yeah. we've been going up there forever. And it got to the point where they would wave us through. Like we would land, they'd see the tail number. They knew we were coming. They didn't even come out to the plane, right? So the COVID thing hits. Canada, like every other country, loses its mind, right? I remember, so yeah. We, we go back, and this time, you know, the officers, officers, come out they they're they're wearing sidearms this time okay and they took us each separately me and Cheryl and the two pilots they had questions they asked each of us separately then they compared answers then they came back and we had to download an app on the phone and we weren't allowed to go more than 200 yards from Lisa's house. And I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I have some uh, sense of that. The flip side, so as you know, based on our um, 
review of Kari Cliffs, we were in New Zealand, right? Well, so I get to New Zealand and uh, you get off the plane, you're walking through immigration, you slide your passport in, it opens a first set of doors, you walk in, it takes a picture of you and it opens and you're, you're done. Yeah. You're through. And then coming back to the States, it didn't even ask for my passport. I just walked up, it took my picture and it and face recognition so, put you through. Yeah, yeah. face yeah. recognition. So yeah. well, so uh, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? I mean, dude, let me tell you, Maine, Maine is a an incredible place, dude. I've spoken very right. highly of Vermont and New Hampshire, but I went deep, deep, deep into the north woods of logging country. Um yeah. And I made I, I had an epiphany up an epiphany up there. Not only have I denounced cycling now, I am now going to denounce skiing and all other skiing and snowboarding and any lift operated snow sports of downhill nature in lieu of snowmobiling. Skiing is dead to me, dude. The idea that I'm going to sit in traffic and pay two hundred and ninety five dollars for skied off mashed potato shit and crowds. OK. No, okay. no, no I, it's over. I get it. Rent the equipment every year. Dude, I'm going to buy a beautiful snowmobile and a little 20 by 20 log cabin in Maine. And you won't see me again in another winter until 2050. Okay, me and the kids will go. Skiing, skiing is for the 1% and for people with dreams and like... Forget it. It's a it's a it's a lost cause. If you were a skier on the East Coast or even I think in Colorado this year, it has been brutal. There's yeah, no it's snow. Tough. It's, it's it's tough. Snowmobiling. Snowmobiling. You go out. There's no rules. There's the woods. You have a trail. You go see a moose, the bald eagles. It's quiet. You can go yeah. 100 miles an hour. Like well, I the, the quiet part, I, I, I guess I might wonder about because I, I hear like Yellowstone. It sounds like the Indy 500. But, but respectfully, you're 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 getting out and seeing nature. No, I I I've done a little bit of that. I went kicking and screaming with my yeah. wife, and yeah. and it's it's really it's really beautiful. It's I, awesome. I congratulate you. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did get. Uh, and don't be mad. I I got a little exercise in the past couple of days. Okay. Um, I went on some walks and then on a couple of hikes. And That's fine. That I had mentioned to life coach, friend of the show, Leslie Harris, that you had recommended I stop exercising. To which his question was, what medical school did you attend? And I, you know, I, 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 for, I, at that point, I didn't remember which one it was. So I said, I think he's just basing it uh, empirically on, you know, his father doesn't exercise, lives a long, healthy life. Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett. So um, I'm not getting crazy, but, uh, you know, a little sun and a little fresh air. You know, that that's just. I, agree. That's I encourage that. Yeah, no, I encourage a walk. Huh? I encourage walking? A walk. You're okay yeah. with me walking? Okay. Yeah, just running. There's no we, the running hard. No, hard. No to running. And even a gentle bike ride, a gentle bike ride, I would encourage. But we're not going to get our heart rate up. Okay. Okay. Heart rate down. That's it. 
It's over. Okay. We've done enough. Yeah. How, think about how many times, what do you think your, let me ask you this. When shit was going on on the floor, what do you think your heart rate would get up to? What you mean on the trading floor? Yes. If you were wearing a heart rate monitor, tell me what your peak heart rate is. Like when you were going hard, like 160, 165. Oh, when I was like in my mid thirties. Yeah. What do you think your peak? Oh, 180. 180. Oh yeah. Yeah. But the, the reason I can't really give you an answer was when I was at the point where I could get my heart rate to 180, I, I knew I was fit. I knew my heart rate, right? When I was on the floor, I was just another dumb kid. I had no idea what my heart rate was. But, you know, I, my 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 daughters, my son-in-law, they're up at 200 all the time. You know, I... What yeah. are they doing to get to 200, dude? I had to be like sprinting to get to 200. And I was like, enough of that. You can taste metal in your mouth. So part of it is that number doesn't necessarily translate from one person to the next. Because my understanding is, you know, the heart's a pump. And if you have a bigger pump, you're going to have a little lower heart rate, that, okay. that kind of thing. So, All right. But... Uh, I I don't really think it's a creative to try and compare the two heart rates. I, I think the the if you're trying to point out anxiety due to trading, I, I think it's more of the, you know, the do you have stomach upset? Do you have a rash? Do you have trouble sleeping? And the answer is yes. <laughs> All of the above. Yeah, well, because fun. those are more physical manifestations of stress. I, I, I'm not of this mindset at this moment to try and equate stress with heart rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I remember distinctly the guy who gave me my first summer job on the floor. He's like, "You, you want to be a trainer?" And I said, "Definitely." He goes, "Well, you know." You're going to have problems going to the bathroom. You're going to have trouble sleeping. You're going to have substance abuse. He's, he went all on all these things. And it didn't matter. He said you could be end up being a mass murderer. Yeah. He could have said, I'm still, I don't care, I'm in, right? Yeah. But uh, it there's no question that when do properly, you do damage your body trading. Oh, it just... Yeah which is counter to Charlie Munger living to 90 or a hundred, yeah, whatever. 90, I thought it was 99, dude. I thought you pushed 99. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't understand. I, I mean, it's great. I think Charlie anyway, mm. one of the great minds. Yeah. You know, Warren, different story. Clearly. But one of the wealthiest guys in human history, I, you know, there's other things in there that, you know, I kind of shrug my shoulders about and wonder. Um, but um, I don't know. So it was nice for you to get away. I had uh, my friend Travis uh, came out. Unfortunately, his wife, Katie, couldn't join. Yet she did manage to text and, and mm -hmm. let Travis know she was home alone and hoped he was having a good time. Yep. Um, but uh yeah, the, the weather has not been great and it's turned and it's sunny. It's going to be like 75 degrees and 
I'm just going to soak it in and and I will not pedal in anger. Good. Okay. Good. I will not pedal in anger. Okay. Good. So um, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. You said you want to talk about accounting, you know, but I, 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 well, you, I don't know. You, you read yeah. the news. What, what do you want to talk about? What, 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 what were you paying oh, attention to this week? Well, well, let me talk about a few things, uh, and let me give you a couple of them. One is the accounting. I, I do think it's long enough. We need to have a session of accounting, um, and then we got a couple of really good questions from listeners. One came in right as we went to press. Um, so I, I'd like to talk about that a little bit, but um, but first let's do our homework and talk about accounting. Have you ever taken an accounting class? And if you haven't, I'm not making funny. I'm just curious. No. no. Okay. Okay. No, dude. I was, dude. I the the general public. Hello, dude. You do a poll, a nine out of ten guys. Hey, did you take accounting or did you take like Roman history? Like I took Roman history. Hello. Of course, because that that. <laughs> that's in part of your everyday life wood woodworking you know like wood shop i'm going to do that fun stuff accounting get the fuck out of here <laughs> all right so write this down assets equals liabilities plus net worth mm -hmm. okay repeat that to me Assets equal liability and net worth. You've already, I got this in the notes that you wrote. This is the first thing I've written down in the notes from 14 years ago. Okay. okay. So you need to commit that to memory. Okay. So keeping in mind, I'm bad in math. Mm -hmm. You understand that that's a pretty simple formula or right. I guess equation might be a better word. And so I feel for me, understanding this simple equation has given me a tremendous advantage because it explains to you how businesses work. Okay, so let's let's be simple-minded, talk like we're five-year-olds. Okay, so let's keep it simple. What's an asset? It's it's something of value that you own. So let's take you, for example. You have a Ford F-150, right? Yep. So let's say that asset is equal to, what's that car cost? 35 grand. Car. 35 grand. Okay, 35. So if assets equal $35,000, okay. So... How did you pay for it? Did you pay cash or? 10, Ten grand down, finance 25. Okay. So you uh, took out a liability of 25 grand and you reduced your net worth by 10 grand. Yes. Okay. So you with me? Yep. We have a, a truck that is worth 35 grand. That's your assets. Your liability is the the um, what did you say twenty five grand was the was the loan, and uh, the net worth is ten. So every transaction you do in your life needs to fit in this formula on a balance sheet. If you buy something, if you buy an asset, 
you can either pay for it by using another asset, let's say cash. You can pay for it by using uh, or creating a liability alone, or um, you can issue uh, equity. You can sell part of your company. And so I, I don't have dozens of examples here, but when you start to think about a business, it's made up of its assets. And where did those assets come from? From either loans or equity. And equity can be, you know, a small business. It can be a stock issue. There's lots of ways. But we always need to come back to this equation and understand what it, what it means. And a, a current example for me was this uh, last little SPAC craze. So I you know, had a number of people that I, I, I think highly of, and they were talking about these SPACs and special purpose acquisition corporation or something. And they were telling me, oh, you put the money in and you can't lose money. And and I, I kept trying to put it into this formula. And I never quite figured out why there was no risk. No risk, no return, right? And so one of my rules is if I don't understand a trade, I, I, I don't do it. And so when I couldn't build out in my mind how this equation worked, okay, I, I just said, well, it's not for me. Now, if I said to them, let's break it out as an accounting equation, I'm sure there'd be a lot of jiggling around in the net worth area, or that's on a, if you looked at a publicly held company, the common stock, the equity portion, you know, but, you know, we didn't, I never got to that part of it because in my own mind, I, I couldn't really, you know, get to it. Mm -hmm. um, so all I want to accomplish today with this is get to think about things in terms of assets, equals liabilities and net worth. And over the weeks to come, as things come up, maybe we'll try and dissect them. Because I honestly believe people hear accounting and they run and it's a blunder because I don't care what anybody says. I think it's easy. And I, I, I'm not good with stuff. I, I studied this in college mostly because it was the only thing I could figure out. Um, I, was, I wasn't going to pass a foreign language class. You know, I, I, there's only so many, you know, easy A classes there were. I, so I had to knuckle down. And, but this seemed, this seemed to come to me. And as I said, in, in almost any one of my jobs, the, 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 the training and accounting has, uh, has, has paid off. So just stick a pin in that one. We can, we can come back. Um, talking about a couple of questions we had gotten from people. 
that uh, I thought were interesting that might mm -hmm. be worth talking about. Um, one uh, young fellow wrote in that sort of one of my belief systems was, you know, never short options and don't have trades that carry negatively. And um, I would kind of answer it like this. There, there, I would not intertwine the two, okay? The no short options to me is not so much a principle as on as it's a it's a law. Like under no circumstances do you short options. And why is that? It's because if you do it long enough, you will die. I just I cannot be convinced otherwise. I've seen it too many times. And you know. Is Leslie's departed mother would say, and there's no money in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the second part about no negative carry trades. So this enters into perhaps a broader conversation where over time, as we've done these podcasts, I've tried to sprinkle different ideas along. And one that I've mentioned occasionally, and I think it's time to revisit, is flat is a position two. You do not have to have a position on all of the time. I, I, listen, I get it. You know, writing tickets is fun making money is fun. You want to do it. If you don't have a trade on, you're looking for a trade, right? And you're hearing about your friends doing trades and making money and, you know, the whole thing. But you go back to Warren Buffett's concept of, of you get a ticket when you're born and you can make 20 trades over the course of your life and that's it. So now you have to be very particular about what, what you do. And so when I hear the thing about, you know, I can't short options, but that's a great way to make money because you get time decay working in your favor. Well, okay. Well, what about trades with negative carry? You know, how, how do you do trades? Well, my answer is sort of like, first is I don't, wake up in the morning feeling like I have to do a trade. I wake up in the morning and I flip on the Bloomberg and I, I just start looking at where the yields are and, and, and get a feel for how things look. And the advantage of being a proprietary trader is you get to pick the time and place of when you do a trade, okay? A dealership trader sits there all day and the bulk of what he's doing is just responding to the salesman asking for bids and offers. You you don't have a choice. You, you have to hit 
of your inquiries, whether they're going to get rid of you. Now, in return for that, you you get the edge, you get the bid offer spread, you get to see the flow. You know, most primary dealers and most market makers on the floor, they make money because that edge is worth a lot of money, senior flows. You don't see that as a proprietary trader. But the flip side is you get this whole world you can walk around and you can just be looking for things that just don't seem right. And so for me, because of the way my career worked, I ended up in government bonds. I didn't grow up thinking I wanted to be a government bond trader. I, I thought I was going to be like a stock trader. But I had a summer job on the floor of the Board of Trade in the bond futures. And uh, the man, Sandy Bank, who gave me the job, said, you know, I want to I want to come and trade when I graduate. You know, you didn't have to come up with all that much money uh, to trade on the floor. Um, and I thought I could scrape the 10 or 20,000 bucks together. But he said, I'll tell you what, if you go and get your graduate degree and you go get a job at the Continental Bank across the street for a couple of years and you learn the cash bond market, then come back here, okay, and I will back you. I, I will get you started. So I thought, okay, I, seems reasonable. Um, so I go and get my graduate degree in accounting and I get a job at Continental Bank and I'm going through the training program and and this is a little bit naive or innocent but you know the bad part about the bank was you had to put on a suit and tie right but the good part was you didn't have to stand all day and lunch was free and breakfast was subsidized. So think back to when you were like 22 years old, 23 years old, if you had free lunch every day. Yeah. I mean, I'd eat so much. I didn't need to eat dinner. Cause like one of your two priorities in life at that time. <laughs> yeah. Food, food and got a couple uh, other things on your list. I mean, you know, <laughs> a very short list. Only so many hours in a day, you know? <laughs> so I discovered that the trading off the floor was every bit as engaging as, as trading off the floor. So, you know, I fell into the government bond market business. And so I got I got trained, you know, in all the different products of, tre of treasuries and things that touch treasuries, futures, options, swaps, municipal bonds, those type of things. And uh, what, what happened was, over time, I would meet smart people and, you know, I, I would imitate them. And it wouldn't necessarily be imitate a particular trade, although I would do that from time to time, you know, under the concept that genius is steel. Um, but what I learned most importantly was a methodology, like how do you approach 
your business of making money. And it seemed to me that while in my heart, I wanted to be a, a, a pirate long short speculator, it didn't feel like I had a real advantage at that. But what it did feel like I had an advantage of was uh, the futures, because I took a number of classes on futures at University of Illinois. And then I spent a lot of time in the uh, repo group and the money market group in my training program. And I started to see the uh, relationship between futures and the, the, the cash bond market, futures and the, the repo market, futures in the options market. And as you do things, you, you make mistakes. And the mistakes generally come with the tuition. And so over time, trying different things, some stuff works, some stuff didn't work. And, you know, to quote the uh, famous Dennis Gartman, I understood pretty quickly, you do more of what works and do, do less of what doesn't work. Okay. So... Over the years, and, and we really refined this at Greenwich Capital, we would look at the yield curve and we would have our own uh, modifications to it. So there's there's the quoted yield curve, right? That's the prices everyone sees. So we would take those prices and through years of trial and error and experience, we would adjust the shape of the curve to what we thought it should look like. Okay. So, so for instance, if you were to go out to very, very long dated bonds, there's a value assigned to what we would call the convexity of that bond. And for many years, there were, there were uh, market participants who would arbitrage the dealers in the swaps market because JP Morgan had one model and UPS had another model. So they would put swaps on with one guy and take them off with another guy. And it was ostensibly riskless. Whether it was ethical or not, I'll leave for you guys to decide. But so in my case, we really honed in the intermediate sector, which would be from the two-year to the 10-year. And the reason we focused on that was because well, that's where the money was. The long bonds were like really cool and they moved a shit ton, but you, you couldn't trade a lot of them. They're, they weren't as active. And... Um, it was just hard to get a, a meaningful position on and feel like if you made a mistake, you're going to be able to minimize your losses. You were very vulnerable. So over the years, as we build out this curve, okay, 
and this is this is coming to the question about how did we come up with the position size okay so we have this model which is nothing more than our thoughts written out into an excel spreadsheet yep okay and so is issues would get more expensive than we thought they were worth we would we would sell them and as issues got less expensive than we thought they were worth we would we would buy them and at all times we would be neutral to the marketplace so if we sold something we thought was expensive and we didn't see anything that was cheap we would just buy something at fair value that was liquid, like an active 10 year note or an active seven year note. Just so if a plane hit a building and the market moved hundred basis points, you weren't caught out, right? Because remember what we're playing for is, you know, four or five, six, seven, eight basis points. You take a hundred basis point hit on a tail, you, right? Okay. So when you get to the question of and it's it's a really good question. When you get to a question of how do you size this thing, I don't have a great answer that somebody can take and monetize. You, you have to understand that at this point, I'm in my early to mid-30s. Okay, I've been fully immersed in this thing for at least 10 years. And so if you remember one of the books I insisted everybody read, The Gift of Fear, whether it's instinct or whether it's your brain operates in the background in ways that you're not completely aware of, I, you know, we would see things get expensive and our belief would be, well, let's let's start selling some how it goes. We, we would never have a definitive amount because we wouldn't know how far it would go. And the bigger component of this, which I think most arbitragers at least back then, failed to pick up on, I mentioned maybe last week, is the time element. So, you know, if you can tell because of futures contract or an options expiration is going to happen in 10 days, you, you know your trade's over in 10 days. You, so you can have a much bigger trade on than if you have 90 days, right? Because 90 days, a lot of different things go on. Yeah. So, you know, how did we come to position sizes? It, you just, I, I, I don't know. How does Laird Hamilton know what wave to ride? You know, how does Phil Mickelson know whether it hit a seven or an eight iron? I, I, I It's a little bit of a hard question. And, you know, I'm not Laird Hamilton. I'm not Phil Mickelson. By Morris Sachs, but you know, this is not unique to me. This approach, you know, um, I, I've seen it through a, a lot of successful traders. And what I think when you have people 
this is an assumption on my part, but people who listen to financial podcasts have an interest in the business. I mean, why would you listen to two guys talk about this stuff unless there was something you were hoping to get out of it? Okay. The good news, bad news is the immersion to me in the business is the best teacher because you just have these little tentacles out there picking up little bits of information and little things that just maybe are they important, maybe they're not important. You hear little phrases like, you know, I don't know whether it's June or July, but I know whether it's June or December, or you don't short options or any number of these little things that accumulate over a period of time. Like the first time I heard, you know, flat is a position two. I, I thought that was profound. When Marcus Hutchins said, how many ways can the market go? And I said, three. And he said, no, five. And I'm like, what? He says, well, it can go unchanged. It can go up a little. It can go up a lot. It can go down a little. Okay. Maybe I'm an idiot, but I had never thought of it that way. Okay. And now I look at that and I'm like, it's fucking genius. Who, who is that? Whoever says that? And, and those are the types of things when you are putting trades together that I don't have a handwritten list of check the box, right? Which is why I go in every day and I look in where things are. So here's here's a trade I did last week. And I I can't tell you exactly why I did it. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I did. It's no secret that I've owned long data munis for a while. And we've been talking about the rate structure and how I've been a bit confused about it. And so um, I've got all this long data paper that's done nicely. And um, my Muni consultant calls. And by the way, now that he's a consultant, he charges more than when he was a broker. Down in Boca, is he, is he down in Florida? Is he down Unbelievable. In Florida? I fucked myself. Now he thinks he's special. We're going back to broker come Monday. Consultant. But he said, I've got a very good bid for some of these bonds. And I took a look at it and I compared it to where we bought them. I compared it to the where we bought them against the 10-year. I compared them what they were worth now and compared them to the 10-year now. And they had narrowed by some huge amount. And I started looking at the curve. And, you know, the long bond, all of a sudden, is a 437, okay, which doesn't, doesn't really excite me. Um, I've told you, you know, the curve last week, I'm, you know, it was kind of making me feel a little funny. Um, all of a sudden, I'm starting to question my view of, whether we're actually going to get a recession. 
if we're not going to get a recession, I, I think a four and three ace long bond is too low. And so I looked at my portfolio. I had almost no cash. And who and I'm the guy that talks about yeah. having cash, right? And I just said, you know what? I I sold. I you know, I sold them. And I did not come in that morning thinking I wanted to lighten up. But on the desk, when you start putting all these things together, and I might end up looking like a dope, but I that's just kind of how I go about doing things, right? And and practicing what you preach, right? You know, did I love those bonds at that rate? No, I, I didn't love them. Okay. Do I have did I have a lot of cash? No, I didn't have a lot of cash. Okay. The only thing I did write was I wasn't short any options. But so, you know, to answer the question, which is a fair question, how do you size yourself? I I, I don't I don't know. I, I think that's one of those things that just comes with time and inexperience. And uh, you're not going to sell a lot of books when that's your answer. Yeah. But fortunately for us, yeah. with the deep sponsorship that we get, yeah. uh, we, we're not worried about revenue. But does that resonate with you at all? Yeah, you, absolutely. You it's a tricky question to answer. Yeah. But I mean, the, 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 does the notion that you're going with your instinct just seem like hogwash or do you know no and a guy said that on the comments he said it was nice to hear that that morris bases the trade on on whether the vibe is on or off okay yeah right. i mean he's that that's the the modern that's like the kid the way the kids would say it okay, okay. that's the way the 22 year old kid that just entered that got a job on a desk the vibe was wrong the vibe was off you know it didn't feel right i don't like it you know yeah okay well, I, I I feel I feel like it was important for me to explain that yeah, because I do read a lot and I do read a lot of academic papers, which, by the way, is how we discovered the Gelman amnesia, which I know we're not to talk about that, um, but but before we leave, I just want to stamp our copyright on the Dunning-Kruger effect <laughs> before you. that shows up on Twitter and someone claims oh. to have invented that. Uh, uh. Somebody somebody sent me a text. It was a a a good a good friend. And it was a packet put together by Torson Slock. And he said, has he sent you a thank you note yet? And I said, I, I don't get it. He goes, he copies all your stuff. Then he throws in some random. He's good too because, like today, he he throws in some random shit on something like like births in China are declining. I was like, yeah, Torsten, that's your son. That's what you came up with for Sunday morning. Would you go out and like have too many last night? That's what you fired off. Births declining in China. I tell you what, he didn't even fire that off. He's got a stack of ones already written. Because we didn't do the show. 
It's because we didn't do the show on Friday. You could shit like that. <laughs> exactly. I remember. But did I hear you question your 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 recession? Um, your the your your gut feeling about recession? Are you are you waffling? Are you having? I, well, I have to ask myself this question. Okay. Didn't you expect there to be a recession by now? And the answer is yes. I I had expected there to be a recession. Yeah. I, Q124. It, if somebody asked you in 22, Q124, you're, you'd be like, oh, unemployment, GDP yeah. down, there's yeah. no way, things are terrible. So, like, that all plays into this. Like, there's nothing wrong with being wrong or staying wrong. And the easy thing here in our business is in most instances, unless you're giganto, one phone call, two phone calls, and you can get the flat, right? And for me, the delight was somebody called and I got the offered side because they were looking, remember that whole thing about you got to buy them when no one wants them? Yeah, so, of course. Yeah, money, money. So that, when you go, when you break it down, that bid offer spread, that type, that could increase your profit by 15%, 18%, just because you're not giving up that fucking edge. Mm -hmm. And the more esoteric you get, the more illiquid you get, the bigger that bid offer spread is. Mm -hmm. So that's why sticking to those things uh is so important but you know i really have to ask myself where is the strength coming from i i i don't know i fraudulent government numbers uh, okay okay but that's what we're dealing with so you you gotta right the the, the numbers that the government puts out the government puts out okay are they politically motivated? I'm not getting into that debate. I, I'm just not gonna. I'm just gonna say those are the numbers, and I know that ten years from now they'll put the final official one down for ten years ago, and no one will say, "Oh, they missed by fifty percent." Right? You you got to deal with what's in front of you, and um, to me, it's it's very much. Uh, you just have to go with what's what's the likely outcome. And um, when you find trades, and you don't have to find a lot of them, but when you find the trades that hit the things that matter to you, in my case, again, a trade that carries positively a trade in the area that I understand. You know, I, I've done trades in the corporate bond market and I'm I'm 0 for 5. And it wasn't a cheap 0 for 5. I mean it was bad, right? You swing you big know, bats, right? Yeah. So you were 0 for 0 for 5 in the corporate bond. So no. you heard of the tips market? Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Okay. Okay. All the, rage, all the rage for a while. Yeah, all the rage. You know how many trades 
I've done in tips in my life. Just pick a number. I don't know. It's gonna be something like this. It's gonna be like two. One that went well, one that yeah, went... two. I did two. The ah, first ah. day, the first day they had a tips option. You tips and me, option. Pal. We're good, we're good. We were convinced. yeah, well done. We were convinced nobody wanted them. So we shorted a shit ton of these things. We bid in the auction. We missed. They ran them up our fucking ass. I don't know what we lost. It, whatever it was, it was a meaningful number. And I have not traded a single tip bond. And it's over 20 years. And you know what? I'm doing just fine. Said to me. Yep, yeah, that's just beautiful. Fine. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, what what kind of struck me, and this is just borders on the the uh, old man uh, screaming of clouds. So we had dinner at uh, this local place we like, La Torreta. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, it's a small restaurant, uh, maybe 12 tables or something like that. And so uh, there's a couple, two couples sitting at the table next to us. And one of the things that some people learn, I learned, was on, on a trading floor, there's a lot of action. And so you can learn to monitor multiple conversations. And so for me, if I heard something was going on with the 10 year note trader, I just kind of look over and I'd see and stick my snout in the trough. Mm -hmm. And oh, do you need me to take 50 of those or right? Okay. So, you know, you, you got this whole thing going. So, you, you know, the doctor has recommended less alcohol, more, more gummies. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just this is for the older crowd. Mm -hmm. um, they help you sleep better. Mm -hmm. So um, take the half a gummy and uh, Travis is here drinking my good tequila. And so Cheryl takes one for the team and she's a designated driver. And so we go to the, go to the restaurant and the table next to us are two couples having dinner. And, you know, I'm starting to relax a little bit, you know, the, the, the medicines work and it's magic. And now all of a sudden there's like four conversations going on. There's the one at our table. There's the, one at the table right here and two over there and the two over there i can tell already it's it's tweedledum and tweedledumber right mm -hmm. so i like i, I blocked that one mm -hmm. the one at my table i gotta stay engaged in yes. because like yes. i might get called on i know i know i know but the one behind me between that thing about you know, hearing other conversations and just feeling the relaxation. I, I kind of got honed in on that one. You had, you had dinner with them? <laughs> <laughs> so some guy who's an attorney is with his wife and another couple. And he's going on and on and on how he masterminded this genius transaction. And it's like 15 minutes of this thing. And I look over from time to time and the look on the faces of the people having dinner with them. And, and now it's starting to, 
even eat at me because now I'm like, I've had enough myself, right? And I can't make it stop. <laughs> and all I can think about is, you fucking rich people, get the stick out of your ass. You know, you're no better. What, what is it? Because you got another zero, right? What, what, what happened? What, what happens to people? Some of the dumbest people I've ever met are filthy rich. I, there's absolutely no, not none. There is a shocking low, low correlation between intelligence and wealth. And I'm surrounded myself with a bunch of people that's just, oh no, I gotta. And now I can't exercise. You tell right. me it's bad. You'll thank me in 10 years. You'll be like, oh, I feel great. <laughs> ten, you know, if it's 10 years, I'm in. Okay. Okay. What else did you see in the news this week? You reading the news? You paying attention? Well, to the- you know, yes, but you're not going to like it. Oh, I, I want to hear. I'll hear about it. All, all that goes on in the Sachs house is that below the United Nations building in Gaza is the Hamas command center. We know that already. I know. I know. Yeah, I'm wondering what they got below, below the UN in New York. Please. Dude, the border security thing is serious. Like, they're going to, like, the, the, Canada takes it seriously. If our so- southern border is falling apart, that becomes that becomes problematic. Um, and Bloomberg said Bloomberg blamed the political election cycle. They said the Trump rally is in effect. They said the market is responding to the assumption that Trump is going to be in and he'll be good for the economy and and that he is responsible for like it it you know fourteen of the last fifteen weeks high all time high and everything. And it, and then that optimism is driving the market, dude. You want you said you you want to talk about uh, the commander in chief not looking great this week. Uh, there, there's still time left to do that on the show. Um, if you want to, well, I, I you know, doesn't look I'm good. Getting, I'm getting older. Okay, I, I'm not old, but I'm getting older. And and I'll tell you something. I remember stuff better from 20 years ago than I do from two weeks ago. Yeah, interesting. So when he starts talking about meetings that he just had with people that had died, like he confused the president of France with the guy. Okay. And then he can't remember the name of Moss or, you know, who he's running against or, you know, that... That's cognitive decline. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say it. You look at the way he moves his body. Okay, that's a neurological deficit. Okay, he when he's done speaking, when he starts to leave the stage, he's confused as to where to go. I know. Right? I know. Okay. I, we're not talking about. I'm not talking about the political views. I'm just saying you have an 81 year old man who probably is as fit as he should be given the life he's led with the travel and the stress and the bad eating. And, you know, it's a problem because I don't think anybody, I don't think many people have any confidence in Kamala Harris. Oh my God, no, please stop. Yeah. 
So I don't even suggest it, please. But you know, uh, I, so I don't know why they sent him out. It almost seemed like they they didn't do him any favors. The Democrat, when I say that, I mean the Democratic Party didn't do any favors by sending him out at seven p.m. with no script. Like it sounds like they want the narrative to be exactly what you just said, and we're going to demonstrate that by sending him out there a little, you know, tired and agitated. Yeah. To, to look you you think the narr the narrative meaning? They give get someone else instead oh, yeah. of him to run. Oh, I think before I don't know, pick a date. Um, you know, pick something St. Patrick's Day or something like that. Yeah, dude, they they cannot. He cannot run. He cannot run. Did you see? Did you see Vladimir Putin sit down with Tucker Carlson? Did you no. see? Oh, well, go watch the Putin interview. Okay, if that's Putin, and okay, and he is fit as a fiddle and sharp as a razor. I mean, he's doing his thing, but but if you yeah. want to talk about a leader that is still cognitive, you know, he's rambling on about Russian history and he and he's doing his KGB shill, but yeah. he, he's good yeah, and engaging and, and sitting down and doing a two-hour interview unscripted with an enemy, you know, yeah. you know, broadcaster, for goodness sakes, whereas Joe can't do 15 minutes of softballs from a friendly crowd in, in his in his living room. It's it's bad. It's bad, 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 bad. I, I, I don't know what to say other than I'm glad I got some more cash. I raised some cash. I, I think that there's going to be opportunities. Again, I, I just I don't have that gene that I worry about finding ways to make money. Yeah. It's more just be prepared for those opportunities to come along. And, you know, when you look at the people that have come and gone in my career that were the big names, they you stick around long enough, the market gets you. You know, that even that woman I mentioned a while ago, Ina Drew, mm -hmm. she was head of risk at JP Morgan, and I never met her. But all I ever heard was the greatest, the greatest, the greatest, right? And now I think in her case, she took the hit for Jamie. But, you know, I remember seeing her go down that, you know, or watching Meriwether go down or watching all these other big hedge fund guys, you know, a few guys stick around. Okay. You know, Leon Cooperman's still around and, you know, the, the Alan Howard guys are still around and, and um, AQR and, and Renaissance Capital and Citadel. I mean, but, you know, it's a little bit like major league baseball. Like you got 10,000 guys trying to, to make it in the majors and how many people make it. I yeah. I just think to be in this business, if you don't ever get out, the odds are something's going to take you out. And I, I just ask people to read history. You know, I read this book. I tried, I tried reading this book. Um, it's the price of time. Remember I was going to give you a book review on that. Well, here's my synopsis. It's spoos and blues and why everyone hates the Jews. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that's, that's my, 
The the hates the Jews part is because they stuck the Jews with the lending of the money. No, it was like deemed a bad thing to do. It was against your religion. So make the Jews do it. Yeah. So the Jews end up getting in the business of lending money. And they're smart people. You know, face it, you know, they cured polio and they invented the color television. And, you know, they figured out how to make money in banking. So if you have a loan out, you know, you're mad at the Jew because he's charging you interest, right? So, okay. Um, but I can't read another book that does the whole uh, South Sea bubble. Uh, like I've done, I've read a lifetime of that story over and over again. And, and when I hit that in the book, I'm like, okay, you're done. And um, so that's it for my book reviews. I, I, I rather like the, that one uh, about the Osage Indians. Mm -hmm. uh that woman's gonna win the uh, best actress i thought okay um well what do you got i got nothing else dude um nothing we're in the dog days of winter uh but i'm so sick of the news cycle i i'm not i'm not ready to do a political news cycle until november um like daytime soap operas you know it's like you're gonna watch the young and the restless no you know, i don't have time to invest in that just tell like let me know when something's gonna happen and then i'll you know but like you know how are we gonna we're gonna talk about who's gonna replace joe like let me know when you got it you know and we'll, we'll I, I, I'm, with, I'm with you i i'm i'm like not carrying my phone with me i'm trying not to sit in front of the screens yeah. I'm trying to you know earn the carry on the stuff i own yeah and I do. I, I go. I go through it every day, and I just look at it, and I'm like, "Can I replace this with something better? And can I replace it in an efficient way?" And the bulk of the time, the answer is no. And then you know, it's ninety minutes later, and I go pretend I'm not cycling. Or <laughs> it's it's fun. It's good times. It's good times. So, you know, I guess. For first time in a while, I guess we urge caution. Yeah. Um, okay. Thank you. Yeah. I need Anthony Peters to get back. Um, he's been on vacation for quite some he time. He has been. He he has been. I got people asking me, like, did you add me to the list? Is he is everything okay? You know, so Anthony, it's it's enough already, you know. Like, let's get back to work. Um yeah, I, I think a little bit selfish. He picks up and he leaves, goes to yes. a beautiful island with uh you know, his wife and friends come to visit. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you and I are left to tend shop. Exactly. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> Who's running this show? <laughs> All right, my friend, I will see you. Uh, you got the Super Bowl tonight. Nobody cares about that. Um, We got nothing going. What else we got? You got beautiful weather in Scottsdale. I got yeah. snow over here. We got nothing going on, man. The, the stock market continues. Nancy Pelosi's NVIDIA position just continues to print money for her every day. It's just another 5%. So I'm I'm happy for Nancy. I'm very happy for Nancy. Is she long of NVIDIA? Oh, my God, dude. She has like a legendary long options position that has just continued to print money. Oh, every really? Is that oh, right? Just staggering. But people are like, oh, people say ho-hum. That's a, that's, an, that's a common trade out like in the Silicon Valley for big money people. So regardless um i'm happy for nancy um oh, good for her and it's a, i'm sure she'll pay the the capital gains tax on that so yeah. we all win 
Do you want to talk about uh, the festival? The the fish festival? No, the inside baseball festival. Oh, um, I'll I'll play. What maybe do you, next week. Do? Maybe next week. Maybe you, I was just thinking maybe we could have a gathering for your birthday in August. You know. Yeah, yeah, I I like gatherings. Right. I was thinking, you know, um, instead of going to the fish uh, in Las Vegas to the Sphere, we're going to go up to Canada, Regina. And I thought maybe we could have a big group of Canadians meet at the Diplomat in downtown Regina. Oh, wow. wow. And, you know, we could sit around and have a few Molsons and talk about the hockey that great hockey player broke his jaw um brodeur is that the kid's name no who what really yeah like there's this he played for the regina pats okay he's like the next gretzky oh really he's oh really the, and he broke somebody his checked him and broke his oh. jaw he's out he's so out. you're really you're reading the regina paper every day <laughs> i've got family up there no. plus Plus, when society folds, I got to have a plan B. Is that you going to be your plan B, Canada, though? Well, I, you know, w w you've got children. What are you going to do? You're going to leave Maine. your children? I, I know the answer. It's Maine. I'm I'm 13 miles from Canada. Nobody up there. Nobody cares. When is when has anyone ever discussed Maine? Nobody. Vermont. Oh, trendy, beautiful Vermont. New Hampshire. Okay, great. Maine. No, there's nothing, dude. I drove four hours on logging road. There's no Wi-Fi. I am built to, for a little hut. And if it goes south, I'm going north to the woods. That's what I'll be. Which is good. And you have plenty of food, right? Fish. And, med and medical attention. Yes. And a radio and yes. companionship and all those things the preppers never think about. Yeah, dude, Amazon. I got all that stuff delivered to my door, bro. I'm built for it. They um they have like a whole one click um prepper thing. Oh right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, they have a little house. You can get a little house, like a shipping container for like 22 grand delivered <laughs> like to your to, to wherever you want. Okay. Yeah. Send me the shipping don't, container. Drop it down. I'll do the show. Wi-Fi. Don't, don't tell my wife that. She'll have one put out in the backyard. And when I'm in the doghouse, I'll be sleeping out there. <laughs> call it your studio. It might be peaceful. My studio. Yeah. It's my studio. Let yeah. me. Send network a note, see if they'll pay for it. <laughs> All right, dude. Go watch the Super Bowl. All right, I'll see you later, my friend. All right, give me well. Take later. care.